Hello and welcome to the Cantrip Cast. I am Brandon Tharp from the Cantrip Cast and also the Dungeon Master for We Cantrip, a D&D podcast. And today I'm joined by my friend, Devin Dutch. Hello. Um, this is something new we're doing here at the YouTube channel and also on our podcast channels. We're going to be having some side conversations and uh, just different uh, types of discussions on Dungeons & Dragons, different mechanics, gameplay aspects, monsters, creatures, uh, DMing, player interaction. Whatever you can think of, we're going to do it. We're going to have some sort of sit-down discussion uh, interview style type stuff going on and it's going to be uh, a fun time it's going to be called the cantrip conversations because you know i figured that fits pretty well with our uh, our little theme we got here going on on youtube and for the podcast sounds right um so today we are going to be talking about role playing in dungeons and dragons to me role playing is a very important part of our podcast but also not just the podcast part of other side games that i play because i feel as if role playing is part of the game that really adds the feel of Dungeons and Dragons and just the overall environment and what really makes it uh, stand out from different tabletop RPGs compared to, you know, other ones you may or may not play. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. It's a little tedious sometimes as well. Yeah, role-playing can be a little tedious. Um, when you first start playing Dungeons and Dragons, I know a lot of people are kind of um, scared of role-playing, I would say. Yeah, scared or just, like, awkward about it. Like, I have one of my players currently doesn't... She wants to roleplay, but she she's still not comfortable enough to do it. So, um, which is actually more of an incentive for me to actually try to roleplay, which is actually what I usually do most of the time with most of my NPCs, because it makes it a lot, a, lot, a lot more engaging for them when they see me acting out or doing voices for each of the characters, because they feel like it's more connecting to them outside of just being me talking to them without any like with me just talking my hello how are you doing today how what are we what do you guys want to do when i go and just throw a goblin at you it's gonna roll to try to hit you it misses because yeah it's just kind of boring yeah that's (laughs) yeah that doesn't add to that doesn't make me want to drive and feel like i'm actually playing the game that makes me feel like i'm reading a stale book you know yeah it's one of those things um I feel like role-playing, you don't have to necessarily do a voice to role-play, which is a big misconception I think a lot of people yeah. have. Is, yeah, like, oh, I don't want to do a voice, so like, I don't really want to role-play. Like, you don't need to do a voice to role-play. Like, I have plenty of people, like, if you listen to the show, um, like Greg and Cameron, they don't – or sorry, Ian and Cameron, they don't use specific voices. They just use their regular voices, but they still role-play their characters. Yeah. Um, I think a sense of, like, not rolling your play – I think uh, an example of not role-playing is more or less – not really describing your actions or just saying, you know, things in like, a very stale manner, you know, yeah, like saying the number, like, Hey, I'm going to, okay. So I'm going to roll to hit. Does a 23 hit. Okay, cool. I'm going to roll the D eight for it. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's boring. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You know, if you, you, you listen to a lot of different shows, like, you know, a lot of people listen to critical role. It's probably the biggest, you know, D and D show out there. I, I still won't watch it. You don't, I, I actually, I haven't watched it either. I've heard a lot yeah. of good things about it, but I haven't I've, really got into it. I've seen people do like artwork and stuff for it. And I've heard like tidbits from here and there, but like, I still won't watch it. Just yeah. not interested. Yeah. I, I've heard a lot of good things about it, but I guess the, the thing that really stands out in that show is the role playing of it. Cause everybody I've on the, that, yeah, everybody on the show, they're voice actors. So it's like, yeah, that's, they, that's it hard just comes, to beat. Yeah. It comes so natural hard. to them. There's not even any like level to go on that. <laughs> yeah. There's not. But the thing is that I think a lot of people are scared of is like, Oh, I'm not Matthew Mercer. I'm not any of the P or Jason Yaffe, whatever his name is in the, mm-hmm. in, in role 20 or in a critical role. I can't, I can't role play my character. I can't do voice acting. Like you don't need to do that kind of specific stuff. You can just 
be yourself and just have fun with it. Like if you want to play a goofy character, then be yourself and act like a goofy character. Yeah, and but, I have three. Two of my characters are, or two of my players are actually like that. Like uh, Donovan. Donovan doesn't do any voices or anything like that, but he loves to describe the gore when he kills something. Yeah, description something. Painting the good. picture. Yeah, yeah. That's painting the always, picture is always nice. I always tell my players like, all right, how do you, like? I always ask them specifically like, when somebody kills a creature, like, all right, the the typical line that everybody says, how do you want to do this or how yep. do you kill him? Yep. Because it's no fun to say, all right, I kill him or like, all right, he's dead. Like it's always every time. Unless it's just like you know they're going through like waves of enemies, like, yeah. like, like you know like they're cleaving through people. If they kill somebody. I always I always ask them, how do you do this? How do you want to go about this? What does Nomo do? What does Pate do? What's Tack do? What does this person? How do you do it? And I make them describe to me. If somebody says, I don't know, I just I just I don't know, I just kill them. Well, they just <laughs> no, like yeah, but... you don't have. I mean, you don't have to role play if you want to play like that. That's fine. But I promise you, you're gonna have a lot more fun playing. Like if you just. Get into it just a little bit. You don't have to yeah. be like hardcore into it, but even just like the little bit of like a role playing amount that you throw into the game and like the little effort that you throw in to like say, oh, um, I'm killing this goblin. All right, I'm going to grab him by the neck. I'm going to look him in his eyes. I'm going to knock him out with my fist and I'm going to shove a dagger through his throat. Like that's cool rather yeah. than saying, yeah. I don't know, I just stab him. Like, yeah. I started saving for, I, I, I've been holding off the old, how do you want to do this uh, line for primarily more important enemies that they're killing and stuff like that. Because I've, I've amped up the difficulty by just throwing more weaker enemies at them, which mm-hmm. is something I apparently a lot of DMs don't like. I prefer it because it's kind of funny to just describe them cutting through a ton of people rather than being like, oh, hey. So rather than throwing a ton of, uh, you know, normal normal got thugs with daggers and stuff at you and then having you cleave through them rather than that i'm just gonna throw you a giant ogre thug because i know you guys are just too strong for that i'm just like no that's that's boring yeah i do that a lot too like i when it comes to me playing the game uh and, and from a dming standpoint a big thing i do is like yeah throwing like a big bad guy at them is fun it's like trying to test yeah. their wits but it's also fun to throw just waves of like mobs at them like we recently implemented the cleave rule in our campaign which is when you kill an enemy the remaining damage goes up to another enemy but like sometimes the players are going to get overwhelmed by that and like it may not be one big bad guy but if you throw 30 acolytes at oh yeah like like, uh, like you know which are really you know turdy villains but yeah. you throw 30 at them at three level 10 players uh-huh. they're gonna have some shit going on yeah <laughs> like it's still gonna be a challenge so just because you have low challenge rating creatures or enemies doesn't mean that it can't be a challenge yeah and i actually just started i i have effectively added the same rule but less less like that i've had it so because we use actual like we have like a board and everything else and i've been throwing like uh the tokens and stuff on the on the board to represent enemies and so when i tell them oh this represents so so many enemies i if they end up like killing off all of the enemies in that one group at the same time i just i just describe if they roll high enough damage i let them cut through all of them and i describe how badly they yeah just even de- from, from a dm standpoint if you're a dm like even if you're not role-playing a character like still painting the picture of yeah. like what's going on is still a good example of like role playing. Like yeah. you, because, when you, when you it's not add just that description. Of, yeah. When you, when you add the visualization and you add like, you know, the, uh, the theater to the mind aspect to the game as a DM, that's your way of role playing too. Like, yeah, you have like your NPCs and stuff that you play, but the real, the theater of the mind thing where you're like painting the picture of your players, that's the big role playing aspect of my as as the DM is I'm yeah. very descriptive with stuff. 
Yeah, so. I'd rather be more descriptive with something rather than having to try to find a good way to role play a, an NPC. I'd rather just sit there and be like, okay, how best to describe this person to them rather than having to fi- figure out how to how to uh, best play the character out. Like some of my some of my lesser important but very well known characters to uh, NPCs to my players are the ones that I've described better than I voice act. Like I have a character which is a literal arachnid person that I don't actually do much of a voice for, but the way that I've described well, description her, is what yeah, my like, description yeah. of her has made her one of the more important characters for them, which yeah. is the greatest part about yeah, it. Yeah, that's the, like I said before when we first started this conversation, is the, the voice acting is a big misconception. Like yeah. A lot of people are like, well, I can't do voices, so I can't role play. That's a, that's a lie. Like, yeah. you don't have to. Like, for me, like, I'm not a voice actor. I'm not at all. Like, I, I, I'm not. Um, I do voices for my NPCs and stuff and for, like, villains, but, you know, they're not very good. Yeah. But I still do it, yeah. like, because it adds just, like, a different tone, like, to yeah. the environment. So uh, somebody sees, like, you know, like a dragonborn man. And so I tell him, like, oh, you're welcome to the tavern. You see a dragonborn bartender. Uh, you approach him, and he says, oh, hello, my name is uh, Gorf Bar. Can I get you something to drink today? And, like... It's not professional, but it's like it adds yeah. that differential yeah, you, you, to the game. You yeah, know, you try to make it a little bit different. Like I think, I think we can also tie in the um, you don't need to voice act with also you don't need to draw out your, all your characters because apparently for some reason a lot of people have been deciding that if you don't have a drawing for your character, obviously that character is not important. Which I don't yeah. know who thinks that why it started being a thing. Yeah, character art's a bonus. It really yeah, is. character art is extremely a bonus like i just started drawing out one of my npcs because it's a dragon and the only reason why i've been drawing it out is one because i want to draw it out it's not important to them i described it to them they know what it looks like i didn't even have a drawing for it when i first introduced a character but and the the i the extra it's just added bonus for them it's not really anything important so i i don't know why people feel like it needs to be as tied into starting the campaign like oh you need to have all your npcs that are important drawn out no if you don't have them drawn out don't worry about it <laughs> yeah it's not a big deal and that, that's a big dming thing and a player thing too it's like yeah me as a dm i'm not gonna say a specification for your players like i need to draw a picture of your character like you like i don't need that one thing i will ask for is like a written description yeah like have some sort of a description of like your character because I feel like that kind of implements people and like encourages them to role play a little more. Yeah, it's like if they have like a, a sense of a mental picture, it, for yeah, it. a mental yeah. picture of their who they look like in the game. Yeah, they may be inclined to role play a little more and like have like more of a connection. But I'm not gonna say they need to go out to Reddit and get fan art of their oh, yeah, <laughs> of their their play not. or whatever. Um, same with me though. Like a lot of the NPCs that I draw, it's like I have more descriptive things of them than I do actual drawings. Like I don't draw a lot of NPCs or villains that I yeah, use in the game. I've done a to. couple, but it's like, you know, yeah. with it being a podcast specifically oh, yeah, that we do, podcast, like you don't even need to worry. You don't about even it. need to. That's why we do a lot of description. Like as a DM, like I do a lot of theater of the mind in which I kind of have to, because we have more listeners, you know, nobody actually yeah. watches the podcast. Yeah, it's more important audio. to describe it properly. So people, other people can have a, better concept of mm-hmm. what you're trying to portray to and them. I think something big that helped out with the podcast that we do and the show we do um, role playing wise um, is I don't use a game mat or minis yeah. or you know structures 
I yeah, love so you that have stuff. to describe better. Yeah, I absolutely love and 100% love minis and buildings and crafting and like yeah, game you literally tables. have a crafty halfling for just that. Yeah, I had you know. Yeah, I used to do the crafty halfling stuff. You yeah, know, you and know, I still I still enjoy everything that you've actually made. I would, I just started getting styrofoam because I'm a terrible human being. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we. You know, I used to craft terrain. I still do, honestly, all the time. Like, every once in a while, I'll, like, craft trees and buildings and, like, you know, dungeon tiles and all the kind of stuff for, like, other games I run. Yeah. But when it comes to the podcast, like, it's all theater of the mind. Like, I have to be very descriptive. And in return for that, my players have to do the same thing. They can't yeah. look at a game mat and say, okay, I'm going to point. I'm going to go over here. They have to say, all right, I'm going to go or attack is going to walk over to the corridor where the man ran in at. He's going to knock on the door and listen for any kind of noises that he may hear. That's role-playing. Yeah. Like, the way, in, in my eyes, that's role-playing. Yeah. That, that, that really is. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are very nervous when they, you know, come to play D&D because they, they're afraid of the role-playing aspect. And honestly, you don't really need to be. You don't, nobody's forcing you to role-play. Yeah. Um, like, when I first, when we first started, they, they all freaked out like they needed, they needed all these extra things, like a mini and all these, and like a dice box and stuff like that. I was like, guys, guys, you don't need anything. Just Come. Fill out a paper, and we'll talk about your character. Yeah, that's about it. Um, one of only one of my characters, uh, and it, only one of my players actually went out and went and got themselves a mini. And because of how little it's important in the campaign, they haven't even remembered to glue it together to actually bring it. In oh, okay, so it's not even like yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like they have it, but they haven't actually put it together because it hasn't been as important. Because yeah, the descriptions are the yeah. important part. The to describe what's going on, like when when I don't put out a mat and stuff like that, they all kind of freak out because they're like, "Oh, he doesn't have anything planned." Where in reality, I have it planned out. It's just a matter of it doesn't need a map because I already have it planned out enough in my head to describe it to mm-hmm. them well enough where they're just like, oh, well, can I go around this blah, blah, blah? Or can I go around this tree and try to hide? I'm like, sure, you can definitely try Yeah, and that. in a sense, they're role-playing without even knowing they're role-playing. Yeah. Like, and that, that's really what it comes down to. And like yeah. I said, you know, you don't, as a DM, don't force anybody to role-play because eventually they're just going to start fitting in themselves. Like, they're going to start figuring yeah. out their own style of role-play. They're going to start being comfortable with playing the game and start doing stuff, like, in their character compared to, you know, just saying what their character would do. Just because somebody isn't using a voice or being over the top with how yeah. they're describing things doesn't mean they're role-playing. If they're simply doing things like, oh, um, my my character, I'm going to go around this this tree. I'm going to wait for uh, this enemy to walk by and get a drop on him for a, you know, a sneak attack or a bonus attack. I'm like, yeah, that's good role-play. In yeah. my eyes, that is, especially for like a new player. Yeah, uh, I've had actually a couple people contact me wanting to play a campaign with us. Like, not just like, not the, the, the podcast ones, it's just like me, like, yeah, you being the DM, yeah, me being the DM, just, so just to play, you know. Um, and the first thing that they asked me is like, "Do I need a voice? Do I need to role play?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not going to force you to do any of that because that stuff's going to come natural when you play the game." A lot of people are new when they come into it, and they're like, "Yeah, I would totally play this game, but you know, voice acting and acting and like yeah, as mm-hmm. a character is not my thing." And I'm like, "Yeah, but that's a big misconception. Like, you're going to do it without knowing you're doing it, without yeah. being forced. Like, yeah. and it's just because it, it comes with the fun, and eventually." You know, it's going to start off with little things like saying, you know, okay, I'm going to hide behind this tree and wait for this character to come here to eventually you start feeling for your character and eventually you're going to start talking to voice like like in character without even knowing it. It just happens like, yeah. without being forced to. Yeah, like when I first started out the campaign because two of them have never even played Dungeons & Dragons, they didn't, they, they were, they were pretty difficult to get out of their shell. And now that they're 
out of their shell, I'm having difficulty keeping all of the camp, all of the players in one spot because all of their players, all their characters actually act different than one another and are not going to wait for the other people to do things. Yeah, but that's kind of cool hilarious. though because like they've developed into their characters. Without, yeah, they came out of your shell. Like, that's the cool thing about the game is like seeing people that were afraid to act in character all of a sudden get more comfortable. And learn how to do this, and just yeah, they're they're acting now, which yeah, is what it turns and they're into. acting out their characters. And that's very that's well. the, probably the biggest tip I could probably give is like, don't force anybody. Like, yeah, don't don't sit there and tell them like, listen, man, you should really start talking a character or start talking like this. Describe this. Let a person that's new to the game start small, learn how to play, and yeah. eventually they're gonna start fitting with the rest of the table. Like especially if you as a DM or a big role player you're going to influence your other players to do it and they're going to start kind of following suit and it's going to turn into a really fun game. And even if they don't do the role-playing stuff, like it's still going to be fun. You can make fun out of any game. You don't, you don't hundred yeah. percent need the role-playing, but I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that role-playing doesn't make the game funner or more yeah, fun because it definitely does. It definitely like it, does. it's just part it of the game. So much like I'm not going to, not going to lie. You can still have fun without it. But in my personal opinion, like role-playing yeah. adds that second level to the game. That actually makes you connect with the story and connect with your players and connect with your character. And it can add some cool story parts to it as well. Like, because of the fact that those two characters, um, because of the nature of our schedules, we don't always get together. But I had two of them over on last Sunday. And because they were the only two there and their characters definitely would not stay in the town that they're at, I had we had an interesting story uh, situation where... Because of the fact that they wouldn't stay there, I needed to figure out how to keep them in town long enough to actually do that. And I like that extra aspect of it because, like, it's it's not only a concept of, well, I know their characters wouldn't stay here, but I need them here for story purposes. I'm not going to be like the DM who says, oh, you can't leave because blah, blah, blah isn't here and blah, blah, blah isn't here because they're yeah. not going to wait for them. So it only makes sense for me to find a way, a loophole around it. For instance, they needed to go back and get their animals because... I have a caravan of fucking animals with them right now. Don't yep. ask why what happened. Okay. It just kind of <laughs> happened. I kind of want to know. <laughs> anyways. Right. Anyways. So uh, they needed to go back to get their animals because they have their own. They have, they have their own few animals with them. And because of the fact that they needed to go back through town to do so. And I had mentioned prior before they entered the town because of how shady the area is that um, some, some of their animals were getting looked at funny by some of the uh, passerbys so when they went to go back to get their animals uh they had an npc that's a little overpowered who was also staying with their animals so uh by the time they got back to their animals uh one they had several dead people around and then all of a sudden an entire onslaught of just thugs come out of nowhere and be like hey we're taking these animals and they were like what no. i was like yep no, this no. is about to happen so they had to slaughter uh, sixty or so enemies, and oh, Jesus Christ. knocked out a just boss. Just two of them. Yeah, just the two of them. Oh, Luckily, they survived because most of them were just weak ass thugs. Yeah, but they had like two ogres with them, which nearly killed them. But oh damn! But yeah. the thing is, you gave them motivation. Like, you gave yeah, them I gave them motivation. a reason to stay. Yeah, and that's I think that's a big another thing that adds to role playing as well is like giving your players motivation to connect to their character yeah like once they start connecting to their character and you start as a dm like implementing your story and like their backstories to their character to get them drawn in more they're going to start just naturally playing a character because they're going to start as the campaign continues they're going to grow attached to whoever they're playing as they're just yeah. going to so if you start putting things that they care about like 
a threat, like their family or something they care about or their pet, their familiar or like themselves, they're going to yeah. start being like being defensive and like, no, that's not going to happen because I'm going to do this. I'm going to stop this person right now. Congratulations, yeah. you're role playing. Like that's yep, and that and that's exactly what happened. And because of the fact that somebody went after them, one of my characters, they're basically their their whole goal is to uh, one gain power and two to uh, enact any vengeance that they possibly can on anybody who wrongs them. So uh, when somebody came after her animals, they knocked out the head guy and was like, "Hey, who sent you to take my take our animals?" And so they had to go back into town to go find this guy. Lo and behold, it's the same guy that's also one of the other and other players who wasn't there. It's also looking for. So I tied it all back together, all nice and neat with a bow, without them even without realizing. Them realizing it. Yeah. yeah, that's the best thing about being a DM. Sometimes is like you can do those sneaky little things without. And they don't players. even know. They don't even know. Yeah. Like tip of mine, and I, honestly, I'm gonna do a whole separate video about this one day. Like I promise. Um, but I'm gonna touch on it real quick. Is gonna be um like puzzles. Oh jeez. They hate me when I do puzzles. My thing is, the trick I always do is like, not always, but sometimes, is I'll come up with a puzzle, but I won't have a solution to the puzzle. <laughs> I'll just let them figure it out until they come up with something that I'm like, you know what, yeah, that works. Yeah, you guys figured it out. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Because it gets them to like work together and like really think of stuff and really figure out like, how do we want to do this? How are we going to go about this? What will my character do? Hmm, let's think about this as a team. Like, all right. I'm making them role play without me really doing almost yeah. fucking anything. I'm just really, it was, I present them with a situation. I'm like, all right, cool. Figure it out. I don't know how you're going to figure it out, but we've come up with something good enough. And when they do, I'm like, all right, cool. You guys did have yeah. to work for me. <laughs> they yeah. didn't even, didn't even know it. Yeah. I did basically the same thing because again, too long of a story to go into. So I'm not going to, but basically they got, they got pulled out of the stomach of a giant creature by a sphinx. One of my characters technically okay. metagamed the living crap out of the Sphinx because he also had to deal with one in another like short one shot that he did. Mm -hmm. So he was just like, oh, it's a Sphinx. We can't look at it in the eyes. Now me, I didn't know that about a Sphinx. I didn't know that was even a thing. Oh, okay. So when he said that, I was just like, that's a cool concept. I'm going to keep this. Now the Sphinx was technically had gone mad and had been re running off this riddle um, for all of eternity. And... They, there was no actual answer to the riddle because I think the riddle was like, uh, how do you kill what cannot be killed? There's no real actual answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so them trying to find an answer um, went with the funniest solution. I gave, I gave the same character who was metagaming a while back a deck of many. Don't ever give anybody a deck no, of yeah, many. No, yeah. Nope, idea. absolutely not. <laughs> yes. Don't worry, I I rigged it so that I'm always the one who chooses what the fuck he gets. <laughs> that's honestly like, that's what a lot of DMs I've heard do with the deck of many yeah, things. It's, honestly, it's, well, when you read all of the things on it, it's difficult to mm -hmm. be like, oh hey, let's just give him it and let them just know what everything is. I told him he knows what all the cards look like. He does not know what the cards do. Yeah, like he pulled when he when he was trying to find a solution, he pulled the deck of many out, pulled a card out. It ended up being the key. Um, which just gives him a random magical item. I gave him a cursed magical item that gave him the answer, which was there was no answer, obviously. Yeah. Um, and also gave them a solution to dealing with the Sphinx without trying to kill it, because one, a Sphinx cannot actually die. Um, and two, because um, if they actually tried fighting the Sphinx, one, they were all extremely malnourished, nearly on the death row, because they had been riding in a giant creature 
for almost 10 days. Yes, I had them make constitution saving throws oh after, after all that time. <laughs> so you're, you're, you I am a monster. are a monster as a DM. I can tell. Oh, yeah. I am a terrible human being. I love to make my characters. <laughs> I'm a horrible person. <laughs> I am. I love to make my character or my players feel really, really powerful, but also really, really small in comparison to certain things. For instance, one of the NPCs is a literal godlike entity that I describe as a dragon. Um, and they have no way of fighting it. They knew they had no way of fighting it. Um, but they're so sure they still going to try anyways because players but, are stubborn. But they needed to find a way to get rid of it because if they didn't, the world was going to die. So rather than obviously being the smart, the, the easiest choice of like, oh, well, we're just going to fight it. Uh, obviously, they, they, in their minds at the time, they were like, well, he's just not, not going to actually kill us, right? I was so close to getting them all oh, dead. God. <laughs> um, so, but they, they realized that they couldn't actually just fight the thing. So it gave them an opportunity to kind of think, okay, how best to deal with this? And they had so many role-playing in, interactions that they needed to do to get to where they needed to go just, mm. to, just to deal with this one thing that they, could, they couldn't just swing a sword at. I loved it to death because it just made them, made them realize, oh, they're so small. And this was all like level three. Oh God! Yeah, I'm a Jesus, you're an <laughs> asshole. Oh yeah, my. like I, I, said, I, I was thinking, like, are oh, this maybe like a level ten counter? Oh, no, I'm gonna go with three. Jesus. Yeah, they okay, were. I'm all not level that three. mean. Like, yeah. I. To be fair, I, I put it in the stone. That if they would have swallowed by accident, um, it would have immediately activated. But the stone also made it so anybody who looked at it also wanted to eat the stone. So yeah, they had several different saving throws they needed to make just wow. to not eat the stone. So that's one thing I often do is like you were saying, you know, the role play interactions to figure out like clues and puzzles and stuff. One thing I'll often do with encounters or various situations is, um, let's say a player is like, all right, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to try to persuade this person to do whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, that's fine. If they want to do that, yeah. if they want to make a roll for it, they can. What I'll often do to see if they'll, maybe take the extra step to role play. If they don't want to, it's fine. I'll ask them, all right, what are you going to say? What are you going to do? I've been How are you going to so go about now. this? What's that? I've been doing that so yeah, often now. But like, it's just those little things where they'll say like, oh, well, I'm going to say this and I'm going to do this. Or I say blah, 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 blah. All right, cool. If they do it, sweet. You know, that, that that's role playing to me. They took a step to role playing. That's awesome. If they do something over the top, like they really get into it, cool. Roll with advantage. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like I've been doing things. that too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so it's like I like to reward players for role playing sometimes too, without them even really knowing it. Yeah, um, you know, again, like the key to sometimes getting people to role play in D anD D who are afraid to role play is making them do it without them knowing they're even doing it. Yeah, in certain ways, like just the simplest things, asking questions, like, "All right, how are you doing this? What do you say? How do you want to persuade them? How do you want to kill it? Um, describe to me how you swing your axe. You know, these little things make them just." Give little little descriptions like, th and that'll do it. Like yeah. that, that alone will add to your game like tenfold. Like with role playing, it, it just yeah. will. Um, one thing I want to touch on, which you actually brought up, was metagaming. Since we're on the oh, since geez. we're on role playing, yeah, let's get the, the meta, meta play too. Let's touch on meta play a little bit. I, what are your thoughts on meta play? I mean, I probably already know what they are. There, I don't like when people meta game. There are certain exceptions to that that I make, like when that Sphinx thing happened. I let it go, despite knowing that his character would know nothing about a Sphinx. The fact that he even brought it up in outside a game was kind of interesting, and since I didn't know it, I let it, I let yeah. it slide. 
But if it's something as in like when like one of the towns that they were in was under siege, they split up trying to cover ground because they had animals at a at a stable. So their solution was two of them were going to go to the town or to the stable to pick up the animals. And the other two were going to like hightail it to the other end of, of the town and hope to get out of there in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, now there was no easy situation. And this was also about the same time that they got eaten by giant monsters. Again, <laughs> I'm a terrible human being. Absolutely. But um, the, they tried to metagame. Oh, well we know that blah, blah, blah got eaten. We should probably keep out keep an eye out for that. And I was like, no, 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 no. Your character doesn't know anything about yeah. that because he was not there. He was all the way across the other side of town. He's like, Oh, Oh no. I was like, exactly. Yeah. He's like, he's like, well, can I roll for perception? Oh yes, you can definitely do so, yeah, but you're you not looking for anything particular. You can certainly try. Yep. Roll, considering roll, this town's under siege, roll two nat twenties in a row, and then you'll find out. You'll have a very inkling. Roll two nat twenties on an insight yeah. check, and you'll have an idea. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Metagaming is. I'm kind of thankful in a sense that like I don't deal with a lot of metagame players. Yeah. I really don't. Um, I have in the past, like when I was DMing in my younger years, like in high school and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I remember running a campaign where there was a mind flare that busted through a door in this dungeon that they were. You know, going through it was a typical dungeon crawl campaign. They went through mind yeah. flare bust on the door, and one of the players that was playing was like, "He's like, oh goddamn, it's a fucking mind flare. All right, it's gonna be careful, guys. It's gonna do this, it's gonna do this, and it has its abilities and it does these." Because he was a DM too. Yeah. But he like listed off everything, and I was like, "Hey, make an intelligence check or a history check, you know, whichever you want to do." He goes, "Why?" And I'm like, "Just do it." All right, cool. Um, I got an eight. Okay, yeah, your character doesn't know anything about this about a, about a mind flare. He goes, yeah, but I do. It's like, I know what it's going to do to us. I'm like, yeah, but your character in the game has Does no fucking know. clue. Yeah. Like, doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, and like, that was, you know, when we were younger, I guess, like middle school, like early high school, like for some people, that's kind of like a hard concept to grasp. It's like, yeah, but I know it. Yeah, but your character doesn't. Yeah. The point of D&D is like, you're playing a character, not, not you're, you're not being you. You're playing somebody you created. So yeah. like, you're not you're not that character. You don't know everything. Your character, yeah. Your character doesn't know half the things that you do, which I guess it's a saving grace that my campaign isn't designed with a lot of normal creatures in it. I have I've taken basically all the stat blocks for certain types of creatures and added them to creatures that I made up myself. Yeah. And so a lot of the time they can't get away with oh I know the stat blocks to this and this because. They don't know what the stat block is. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a creature I made up. One example of meta play that actually almost happened in the podcast, um, I want to say maybe like halfway through the current season, um, was when they really, I'm not sure if you, you might not have gotten this far into it. Um, Nomo and Pate were going through Soul Grove, which is the capital city. Okay. And they didn't know where Tack was. Them themselves, Greg and Ian, they knew where Tack was because they were sitting there the entire time. Yeah. Tack himself got himself some, some shit. And got kidnapped and taken away somewhere. <laughs> they knew exactly where he was. Like them themselves. Like yeah. get Greg and Ian. They knew where he was. But Tack and Nomo, or uh, but Nomo and Pate, their characters had no fucking clue. So as yeah. much as it hurt from them to know exactly where he was, like they knew for a fact they had to actually search and do perception checks and investigation checks and just try to figure out like where he was specifically, so their characters could find out. And the way I kind of go about hiding that is. Um, I didn't give them a specific destination, like specifically like building where he was or like anything like that. But they knew he was taken by someone, taken somewhere to a certain location, 
in this certain part of the city, but still they had to like go out and like ask for clues. They saw this person, take this person somewhere. And as much as it hurt them, they had to like resist, actually look for it. <laughs> they had to resist the meta play, which I appreciate that a lot because it makes the game a lot more interesting. Yeah, you know, it really does. And that's, um, and that's where the theater of the mind comes into an extreme handy. Yeah, it Because does. I effectively had a very similar thing happen in my campaign, but I had a map out at the time. And I kind of just moved the character where he went. Mm. And they were like, oh, well, we know where he's at. I was like, no, your characters don't. Well, I mean, yeah, but can't we just start looking in this area? I'm just like, sure, I'll let you. Checks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to let you guys do a whole bunch of rolls to figure out whether or not you guys can even begin to guess where he went yep so after that point when i start when the characters start um it unless they intentionally split up i do not let them kind of get an idea of where they're going yeah i mean so. you, and the thing is like you got to think about the game in a sense of like all right if they were actually in the world and they all split up they wouldn't know where the fuck they're all at like no. they just wouldn't and that, like, and that happens a lot if you're in a video game playing an online video game with people and they spread out like yeah they they've gotten better at, them, they've know? gotten better at making sure to say hey um if after we do such and such, we'll go back to this place. That way they can't, they can't say, Oh, well we know that they're going to be back there because it, and I'll be like, okay, then how would you know that? Yeah. (laughs) They, they started getting a lot smarter about it, which is nice because it it shows that they're growing and understanding what everything is. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. Meta gameplay can be a bitch. And that's, that's one. It it seems like meta play and role play are the two big things that are hard for new players, especially to overcome because you, oops, sorry. <clears throat> you come into a game of D and D. You're playing this game. You're presented with all this information that you know, but your character doesn't. And sometimes it's a hard bridge for people to kind of like disconnect yeah. because they're like, "All right, I mean, I know all this stuff. Why can't I utilize it?" It's like, well, your character didn't find out. You weren't yeah. in the same room when this happened. You weren't even on the, in the same, you know, you know, uh, like area of the town when this happened. The so and so player. You don't know where he's at. You don't know what happened. You know, so yeah. forth. You, you just don't know, and then you know, that that's one bridge, one bridge to cross, one bridge to cross. I can't talk. Yeah, Another same. one is the role playing one, which we you know we pretty much touch pretty well on the, the role playing aspect yeah. of like easing people into it's usually the best way to go, and they'll start doing it themselves. But yeah, meta play role play seems like it's the two biggest. Yeah. Well, another one biggest struggles of new yeah. players. Another one that would probably be pretty big is knowing your character, which yeah. is a thing I still have trouble with some of my players with. Because they don't always know everything their character can do. And to alleviate some of that, I've actually started making sure to spread out the levels so that they get an understanding of what everything mm-hmm. is. And I also, I'm willing to sit down with them on off days where I can explain to them some of their details, which has gotten them a little bit better. But since I have characters, or since I have players that still, and they're obviously brand new to D&D, they, they don't always understand everything they can do. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel it's slightly my fault, but it's also... I've also been doing this for six months now with them, and I really haven't leveled them up in over a month and a half. I oh, that's really a, yeah. yeah, wow. And I and they're, I still, well, what level are they right now? Level six. Okay, that's not yeah. that's not that bad though. Yeah, so I, I that's pretty average about a, about a level a month. Then that's pretty yeah pretty good. Yeah, we're on the podcast wise. We are we started shit when we start. Um, I want to say like seven six seven months ago. Yeah. Um, so we have. Almost thirty episodes out. Oh, we have eight episode, months. 
What's that? Aren't you on the eight month? Something like that. We have going on. We have, I think, episode twenty seven or twenty eight just came out this week. So however many weeks or months that is, we've been going at it. Yeah. Um, they're level eight now. So yeah. about eight months. So about a level a month is pretty average, actually. Yeah. Um, which I yeah. find is a really good pace to keep things going. Yeah. Uh, I I do forgive one of the players because she's she's the newest of them. She only started two and a half, almost three months ago. Um, she she jumped in halfway through because I I wanted to start the campaign with tops five people, mm. uh, not including myself, and I got three, which were Donovan, Frankie, and uh, Chelsea, and then Chelsea introduced um, her to the to the concept of playing. She had played before when she was in high school, but um, what ended up happening is a whole bunch of drama with one of the players, and she just stopped playing because they were treating her poorly. Um, so she she was off-putted by it, but she decided to give it a try. And so I give her the least amount of uh, grief about not knowing her player her character because she jumped in at level four. Uh, there's, there's no. It, she hasn't played. She hasn't played the game in almost. Yeah, you, you have to have some. 10, you have years. to have some player forgiveness, especially. Yeah. Oh, it's been 10, 15 years. She's playing an entire yeah. new. Yeah, she's basically then. playing. Yeah, she's basically playing entirely blind. So I, I basically act as if she's. Yeah, the ten years ago I was players. playing three point five. Like, yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, I completely skipped for fourth edition because fuck yeah, everyone about was saying edition. fourth edition was terrible. I, I tried it once and I was like, this no, this is not. Yeah, I, I won't even look at the book. I yeah, no, I wouldn't bother. bother. Fifth edition is a lot of people kind of talk shit about fifth edition too because, like, you were, we talked before yeah. we started recording that some people complain that it's dumbed down or like too simplified, but it's like it's eh. the easiest way to get a new new player in because it is. It really is. It's so easy to get people into D and D through five E because yeah. you can pick up on it so fast because it's so you streamlined. can. It is. It's well, yeah. It's streamlined. You can make it. You can make what you want, honestly. Yeah. You can make it streamlined. Very, it's very good. Or you can make it, you know, not streamlined. You you are, as a DM, you're free to make the game however you want to. But if you're introducing the people to the game for the first time, 5e is a very good yeah, addition to introduce people to this game because it right. starts them off slow yeah. with very basic stuff. And then as they level up, they get more and more and more. I mean, that's how it is. And it's not an over an overabundance of things either. Not a lot of things change each level, so that that way you can kind of give not only give them a break on like understand, not only giving them a break so they can understand what they got, um, but also because of the way that the levels, even if you're playing with the XP base, um, it's it's spread out just long enough for them to get an understanding of what they have, what they can do, things like that. Yeah, it is. Um, Unless you play a wizard first level, uh, my one of Chelsea did this. <laughs> she chose a wizard. I let her have basically everything as a wizard. I, it may have been a little over over the top for her. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. The one class, and I've been playing D and D since I was in eighth, no, eighth, like fifth grade actually. I started playing when I was young. Um, the one class I have never played was wizard. Yeah. The first what? class I ever played though was sorcerer. And that was when 3.5 was out, and I was like in fourth or fifth grade at the time, and my friend's dad was DMing. I knew what the fuck I was doing as a sorcerer. He's like, this is how you cast spells. And I'm like, can I just do this because I have magic? And he's like, that's not how the game works. And I'm like, I, yeah, but I'm, I have magic. I can do this. He's like, well, that's not the rules of the game. And I'm like, this is stupid. And then like, as I kind of like started maturing a little more and more, I ran into it. And I don't know more. So like, I started in fifth grade, played a sorcerer, actually hated the game for like, 
like a year because it was just oh, like yeah. I'm like I want to cast magic and do cool things and I'm not allowed because this guy's dad's a dick. But in reality, that was just the way the game played. But then like as yeah. I hit like seventh grade um, and going into eighth grade, like that's when I started understanding a little more and like reading into it. I'm like, okay, this game makes sense. I was just a child <laughs> yeah. like, well, when this started. It you know, yeah. yeah. Um, Bay Wizard, I've never played. Sorcerer was my first class. Um, and then Rogue became like one of my all-time favorite classes to play, along with playing a bard because those are, yeah, yeah, they're they're fun. They're I, they're fun. I, a lot of DMs will hate me for this, but I modified the way that wizards work simply because of one, it fits more more so with the way the world is in my campaign to begin with. One, my entire world is heavily magic based, like literally, I have an entire town where it's just magic all the time. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I had a giant magical hand fall into the world and basically imbue it with even more magic. So I just changed it so she can cast as many spells as she wants a day, but she only has six spells she can guarantee will cast perfectly, where there's no problem. Oh, okay. Everything after that is wild magic. Oh, that's actually really cool. <laughs> yeah. See, all right, th- that, I don't think anybody's going to get mad about that because that's actually really fucking cool. It People, is. I love homebrewing rules and shit. Like, yeah. here's the thing with, with the game. Like, if you sit down and say like say to a DM, like, you can't do that because the rulebook says so, fuck you. Yeah, fuck I you. hate you, rules lawyers. Yeah. Oh, my God. Fuck you. Like, okay, there's a difference between, like, the rules of combat and the rules of, like, saving throws and, like, if you hit or not and, like, damage and that kind of stuff. When it comes to, like, homebrewing, like, character stuff or, like, you know, like, yeah. items or that kind of stuff, like... The, the, some of the first words in the Dungeon Master Guide is, you make the rules. Yeah, and I prefer to do that. It also made it a lot easier on her when she realized, oh, okay, I can cast as many spells as I want. Disappointingly, I didn't add that until, like, maybe two months ago. Um, because but it, so it's probably it a lot was, easier on her now. Yeah, because playing so wizard, Playing wizard isn't exactly an easy class, because, like, yeah. one of the hardest things about playing a class is the spell, like, you know, on top of the role-playing is actually, like, you play like a, a spellcaster is learning how spell slots and shit work because that shit's kind of confusing at first. It just is. Oh my god! It like, is. like oh, okay, so I know all these spells, but they cost slots to use, or this and this and this, and it's like it's confusing for first time players. It is. Yeah, we had we had sat down on three different occasions uh, with just her and me explaining how the how spells work, and all three times she still she said, "Okay, I think I kind of get it," and then we sat down for the campaign, and it was like. Okay, but why can't I do this again? So I was just like, okay, I'm going to scrap the choosing the number of spells you can do a day and the number of spell slots a day. You have six guaranteed spells that you can cast a day. Everything after that has a possibility of just going absolutely haywire. That's the way it's going to work. That's really, that just, could almost be like a class in its own, honestly, which is yeah. really cool. Like I actually like that a lot. It's kind of very similar to the Wild Magic Sorcerer. That's what they say, yeah. Because I knew there was a class like that where yeah. you know, they roll whatever a Wild but Magic Sorcerer unlo- whatever they cost. But unlike that Wild Magic Sorcerer where you kind of have more control over the luck that you have on there, um, she doesn't have any control over whether or not the spell goes bad after the first six. It's kind of more or less like she has a pool of mana in herself. After those six spells, she has she starts drawing the mana from around her, which could possibly spark something else. Yeah, which is how I describe that's, it. That I like that a lot. Actually, that's really cool. Yeah. That's <laughs> it made it so much. Easier I don't think anybody's. Understand. I don't think anybody's gonna really complain about that because that's. Um, I love adding homebrew mechanics to classes. Yeah, because um, there are you know for example uh, attack um, in our campaign. He came to me with some questions about his class. Um, the Artificer, actually, there's a new... He plays the Artificer. He's still using that oversized cannon, isn't he? No, it's not oversized. Oh, it's just a rifle. Yeah, it's darn. actually just a rifle now. Oh, okay. Um, uh, 
that's the old Artificer. There's a new Artificer out. There's the 2019 yeah. Revised Artificer, which is a hell of a lot better than the old Artificer that he was playing. Okay. The Artificer he was playing, I originally thought was overpowered. Like, at first, I'm like, this is overpowered as fuck. But then, like, as the game continued, I'm like, all he really has is his gun. Like, yeah, he's that's not about very it. Strong after yeah, that. like, he's got his gun, but that's really it. Yeah, and if somebody um, gets too close, he's screwed. Yeah, that's really what it is. And then, like, if he loses, if he drops it, you know, he's, he's yeah. done for. The new 2019 Artificer, which he is now playing, there was a change in his class in the game through a significant moment. Okay. Um, is uh, a lot better in a sense that there's more utility and there's more stuff going on. But the big thing that was the big concern with him was, Hey, because of the new class change, I'm going to be going through, I'm going to be losing some of the stuff from my old artificer class, like, like my gun or like this, or like or my, maybe my servant, like, like, is there any way I become like homebrew the class a little bit? So like I saw some of my old traits, but some of the new traits kind of like combine them together. I'm like, absolutely we can. Like, yeah. why wouldn't you yeah, be allowed like, to do that? Yes, we can. Nobody who's going to tell us, no, is wizards going to email me and be like, Hey, you can't do that. The fuck you. Yeah, like, no, no. <laughs> that's not how this works. I can do whatever I want. This is our game. Like yeah. that's, that's the beauty of Dungeons and Dragons. This isn't a board game you pull out of a box. I mean, there's, you can play some D and D games out of the box, but I mean like this isn't, you know, one where there's a rule sheet following specific things. Like, the, the beauty of D&D is you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, like I, when uh, – because of the because of the world that, I, that my campaign's set in, um, <clears throat> I – when one of, my, one of my players came to me and said, hey, I want to play this class, I was like, cool. There's a twist to it, though, because I have a, whole, a few homebrewed rules for some of the classes. One of those was the Dragonborns because mm-hmm. of the way that dragons are in this world. I explained to them. I looked at them. I was like, okay – there are no dragons in this world. So, dragonborns are not the normal dragonborns. On top of that, if you choose a dragonborn, you can choose either one of two things. You can be a full-on just purebred one of these one of these killers or I will let you choose another killer and be able to use that breath weapon on top of using a mixture of the two. But if you do the mixture of the two, you can only use that once a day. Otherwise, you can use the one and the other for the entire day. And they were like, that sounds confusing. I was like, it really isn't when I show you how it works. Yeah. <laughs> and Yeah, they, some stuff's more confusing in words than on paper. It really is. Yeah. But, yeah, homebrewing is the beauty of Dungeons & Dragons. It's yeah. like, you know, the way I look at the rule books as, you know, yes, they're rule books, but they're also more or less guides, too. Yeah. Like player's handbook, not player's rule book. Monster manual, not monster rules. Dungeon Master guide, not Dungeon Master rules. Like, yeah. they're guides to help you create a game with your friends and how you guys want to run it. So if you want it's to change up, designed for that. it is. You if you want to change up a class a little bit to make it fit your campaign better or a race, then by all means, fucking do it. Like it's gonna yeah. be like, like yes, make the game fun. Like impress your friends, impress other players that are gonna like listen to the game, watch the come play, like whatever. Like. I have a uh, we have another guest coming on our show. Um, actually, he's coming up for my bachelor party. You know, close to my wedding. Yeah. He is a good friend of ours from uh, um, down south uh, by uh, in North Carolina, and he is actually you know talk and talks with me about his character because he's going to come up for a day, and we're going to play D and D for an entire day from a bachelor party, and he is going to be a guest star for like a good arc. Oh, um, nice. And we're actually working on his character now for it. And I'm not going to spoil anything. If you listen to the show, cool. I'm not going to say what it is. You kind of got to find out that he comes on. <laughs> um, he's kind of combining two different races together. Oh, nice. Which um, How are you I'll, doing the rules for that, though? <laughs> um, I will tell you. Oh, 
this is gonna be. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin anything. Better Basically, question: Are you letting him keep like some parts of the first one and some parts of the other, where you're letting him choose, or are you saying this he is, is what he's so? Basically, get? he is playing. I'm just gonna say it straight up. He's playing one race, um, but just having some physical after, just some physical. Jesus, he's playing one race, but keeping some of the physical attributes of the other race. That's really it. The okay. physical attributes of the other race that he's playing is literally just for flair and for flavor and for role play. Okay. That's really it. So basically, he is a a bastard crossbreed of two races. Okay. Um, which is a very uncommon crossbreed. He's like, he's like, this isn't. He's like, this would be really cool. How would we go about this? And he's like, would I have like the two attributes of two different races like come out together? Yeah. or what i'm like no we'll just make dude like it's i can make the game however i want like we can just make you this is your dominant race but you were just you're the bastard offspring um yeah. of this you know insistation that happened yeah and you, you can just have some physical attributes uh, of the other race and make yeah. it that way and he's like are you allowed to do that i'm like yeah i'm allowed to do that like why wouldn't you he's gonna tell me no like yeah, wizards of the coast is gonna come by my house again and be like hey you can't do that no fuck no. you wizards of the coast not really i mean not not actually fuck <laughs> don't you, actually wizards do of the coast. i love you guys keep making D yeah, stuff they do and a gonna, really good job i'm gonna keep spending Xanathar's money guide is great which one xanathar's guide yeah i just Xanathar's i picked up morden canaan's doom of foes a few months ago too which is really good i'm a i'm half tempted to order it i have not done it yet it's good I mean, if you want to borrow it, you can uh I might just order. Just okay. Yeah. I mean, I like my, having the books too. Hand. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big book hoarder. I like collecting the books. I have currently five of them. I might be ordering some more because oh God. I just, I, I'm enjoying having the books. Yeah. On hand. Long story it's short, wizards, great. not seriously. Fuck you. Keep making yeah, material. The, the we books love are great. Guys. Everything's great. Um, but perfect. seriously, are they going to knock my door and tell me like, you're not following the rules? Like, no, they're not. Like this is no. the point of the game. It's a guide. Yeah. Like if one of my players wants to be a homebrew race for the role play and flavor of it, then absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's gonna be fun. So I'll actually tell you what that class is or that race is after this. I don't want to okay. wait. Listen, right. um, I, I kind of want to know too. Cause yeah, that might be important. Yep, I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I hate spoiling things for people, so I'm not gonna. Yeah, gonna we'll drop. Just, we're off. We'll yeah, we're gonna go we're gonna take, we're gonna take right a left now. turn right yeah. now away from that. So what did we touch on? We touched on role playing, meta play, um, some homebrew mechanics, which yeah. is pretty cool, and not knowing your character. Not I think we started, but we we kind of got veered off track to. Uh, um, um, uh, changing rules, uh, house rules and stuff. Oh yeah. So yeah, but uh, not knowing your character, that that is extremely annoying. Yeah. Where they go, uh, where we've I've gone through an entire like part of a game, and they look at it at their character sheet. Oh, I could have I could have done this. Can we change that? If we and I'm just no, like, that's done. Oh my the god. Done. Like, yeah, I don't I don't let that happen. Yep. The there was only one change to that ruling and that was because one of my characters almost got himself killed because mm. he's an idiot so effectively i have i have several ways to end my care and end my campaign they are literally called in game ends oh, <laughs> that's what they're right. called okay all right one of them was in a jar that they were carrying around he decided to be an idiot because they ran into a creature they've never seen before he opened the jar and like tried to point it at it like to try to get it to kill the person in front of him. Yeah. Uh, he ended up getting himself killed in the process. Oh, now I had gone good. through probably four or five turns um, with the other character trying to fight off one of these creatures as well. And he's just like, Oh, I have inspiration. Could, I could have used that to save myself. I was like, yeah, you could have, but, you but now you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, 
oh, come on, please. I'm, we're the only two people here. I was like, yeah, you are. And to be fair, I really don't want you dying this way because I have a very, very special way for you to die. <laughs> so <laughs> I will let you. supposed to die. Today's so, not your day, so yes, you can use it. So I told him he can use all three of inspir- his inspiration, but he's not going to get any any time soon if he does so to keep himself alive. He's like, okay, that's fine. Okay. So I let him say I let him save himself and not die. He did still release the the end into the cave that they were in, but I did let them try to figure out how to get it back into the jar. Okay. Luckily for them, most of these ends are sentient, so they know what people are saying. More or less, they have to convince them why they shouldn't just do what they're meant to do. <laughs> yeah, knowing your character, that is one requirement I do have when it comes to the game. Because like, oh here's the thing, as a DM, a lot of people think that DMs need to know all the rules. They need to know like they need to know all the characters, all the races, all the classes, all everything. Like, I know no, any of them. I don't need to know. Uh, no, fuck you. Like, that's not like yes, <laughs> I need to I know, know some what of I stuff. need to know. Yeah, that's I know it. some of that stuff from like playing the game myself over the years and like just reading the books and like learning about classes and like just making campaigns and playing modules. Like, I know a lot of stuff. Yeah. I don't know everything. I'm not gonna sit down and read all books front to back. Yeah. I'm not a sociopath. Like I'm not yeah. there's no way I'm gonna do that. Yeah. So whenever like the way the best way that I learn other races and classes is by DMing players that are playing those races and classes. Yeah. Like that's that's straight up how I've learned how to yeah. understand how other classes work. Like, yes, I know how a rogue works because I play rogues all the time. I know how bards work because I play bards all the time. I know how hunters work because I've played for hunters frequently. Or yeah. rangers, not hunters. I played rangers yeah. frequently, but when it comes to like you know, like maybe like a paladin or monks yeah. and stuff, like I've never played a paladin or a monk. The yeah. way that I'm going to learn how to play those is by DMing players to play them. Now that being said, when I start a game and I tell people, it's your responsibility to know how your class works. Yeah, and I and I've told them on that that on several occasions. We actually had a very long, uh, not an argument, more or less. We had a conversation about this because one of my players is playing a paladin and the last time i played i was playing a rogue so that that's all that was in my brain when we first started this campaign now we had gone like three months in and he walk he rolls the day 20 to try to hit somebody he doesn't add any of his modifiers and just tells me that i roll all right i look at him and i'm like okay that misses we go two turns later he's just like oh i didn't add my modifiers to it to any of my rolls i'm like why have you not been adding your modifiers? Well, you've been telling so-and-so about his modifiers. I'm like, yeah, because I played the character. Class, yeah. I know that he has too many modifiers to be missing this bad. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know your class. Like, that's, yeah. that's my biggest thing. Like, I will help. I will, by all means, help players out. Like, I'll yeah, tell and them, I hey, sit down with just a reminder, you have your bark inspiration. Or, like, hey, you have key points and stuff. But, like, other abilities and stuff, like... I forgot that Ian's fighter had action surge and like all that kind of stuff for second yeah. win. Like I'm not a big fighter person, but I learned that now. So it's like every once in a while, if they need like a, a tip or hint on how to do stuff, I'll throw it at them. But still, like I don't know all the characters, so like yeah. if I don't remind you about something, it's not because I'm trying to be ignorant. It's just because like I don't know your character yeah, fully. Yeah, there's no way for us to know. So everything. if you're a new player or just a player in general, a good favor to do for your DM and for yourself, honestly, and for your own benefit is know your class and know your player. Yeah. It's extremely important. It's so much easier if you actually like, like even if you don't know everything, because I don't expect you to remember everything, especially on higher levels, because you're going to forget something. Like I had an entire, uh, we did an entire set of um, combat, and my friend, and uh, one of them forgot that he could use Hunter's Mark as a free, a free action. Yeah, it's a bonus action. Yeah, yeah. And so he used it as his action. We went through the entire rest of the combat. He's like, 
oh, oh that that's a bonus, a bonus action. action. Yeah. And I looked at him and I'm like, yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah. <laughs> at that point, and it was the too thing late, about though. the game is you learn together, too. You really yeah. do. That's a good thing about the game is like, you know, you learn how to play other people's classes and then they also learn off of you because you might know things they don't know. It's, it's Honestly, the game isn't you versus the players, the players versus yeah. the DM. We're all it's, together. It's a joint effort. You guys are playing a game together. Like, you're coming up with problems for your players to solve. Yes, you want to make them challenging, but you don't want to outright make stuff that's impossible that's going to kill them. There's no fun. Yeah. You know, it's it's a collective game to play for you guys to collectively tell a fun story and have fun rather than, like, you know, it's, it's you versus one person. Yeah. And, like, so. and when we tell – when the DM looks at you and tells you you can't do that and then explains to you why you can't do that, don't argue with them. I almost yeah. had somebody argue with me because, like I said, I gave one of them a deck of many, and that was a bad idea. They got that one card that lets you just undo an, an event that happened in the past, and oh, obviously you okay. would have to alter that. Well, he wanted to use it be in the midst of a, almost dying to an angel. Now, due to the way that everything was working out in that town, in the citadel that they were in, it was a citadel literally made by angels, where they needed to get a sp- very special item. And he was just like, can I just undo her noticing us? I was like, I'd love to let you do that. But the problem but is... here's why you can't. Yes. And I looked at him, I was like, the problem is the entire town is literally... Uh, imbued with a spell that's lets her know when somebody enters the town. I cannot just let you undo her seeing you because that would just undo you guys getting the item. <laughs> yeah. And so I was There's... just like, unless you want to try to find another way to do this. And at this point we had already gone like almost an hour and a half into the campaign and undoing that would have just undone just that, that hour way. and a half. Yeah. I was just like, unless you guys really want to undo that. And they looked at him and it was like, like no, yeah, it's no not. this yeah. isn't this is not yeah i could go on and on about like times like proper ways to say no as a dm and whatnot but yeah um and but yeah i think you know we we've gone over quite a quite a bit of stuff yeah over role playing meta play um knowing, knowing your character, character. um homebrew rules and yeah. uh, you know saying no a bunch of different things so yeah um with that being said we are going to end this episode of cantrip conversations again this is a new little segment uh this is a new little segment we've started on our cantrip uh cast youtube channel and also the weekend trip uh at indie podcast uh podcast pages and stuff so if you're listening on any of the podcast pages make sure you subscribe on those if you're listening on youtube be sure to subscribe to the youtube channel because we're gonna be post- posting a lot more really cool content um pretty much weekly i'll be doing some videos and stuff whether it's one of these or skits whatever we tend to do um and that is really it make sure you like subscribe um to the youtube channel to the podcast stuff uh, follow of our social medias. You can find all the links for everything below. We also have a Discord channel where people like to come and hang out and talk and you know talk about different gameplay mechanics and even play online games. That's really it. Devin, anything before we go? Yeah, no. Well, you might see me again, probably. Maybe. Yeah, you will eventually. <laughs> but that Maybe. is really it, and we will see you guys next time. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.